0: Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane, brought to you by LakersNation.com and
1: CLNS Media.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the NBA front office show. We're going to be talking today about the Cleveland Cavaliers, the New York Knicks, and the Dallas Mavericks. Before we dive into that, quick shout out to CLNS Media and LakersNation.com, two organizations that are powering this show. And guys, before I even forget this, We really appreciate it when you go on to Apple Podcasts, you rate, review, and subscribe to the NBA Front Office show. Especially toss some questions into those reviews. We'd love to get them. We'd love to read them. We'd love to discuss them right here on the show. Joining me as always today is Keith Smith from Yahoo and Real GM as well as
1: Celtics blog. Keith, man, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Trevor, man. It's been a good week. It's been a busy week, I know, for both of us, but we are back at it with a three-team show this time as we're trying to make sure right. we get caught up and catch everybody up. Fortunately, one of the teams, team we're going to start off with, Cleveland Cavaliers, didn't do all that much comparatively. It, seemed, it seems like the entire NBA changed over half their rosters, and the Cavs largely sat that out and said, we'll take our three draftees and go on from there. Well, before we even dive into the Cleveland Cavaliers, let's talk about something a little bit more
0: exciting, I think, anyway. My team did something. The Lakers wouldn't sign Dwight Howard. I don't <laughs> – I'm conflicted here. Like I I, I want to support the Lakers, but at the same time he's – this is Dwight Howard from 2012, 2013, the guy who, who turned his back on the Lakers. How
1: should I be feeling right now? Yeah, it, it's tough. You know, it's funny. I've had a lot of Lakers fans come at me because I said – they're not going to sign Dwight Howard. There's too much bad history there. They they that that ended so poorly. Can't imagine the way that's the way it goes. But I left the door open because most of those players of and uh, parties involved have changed over. Mm-hmm. And yeah, lo and behold, here we are now. It sounds like he promised he won't be a distraction and he's going to work hard and he's going to play his role. But we'll see. This is just for for me. It's it's. It's not the move I would have made. You know, we talked on the Lakers Nation show right after the DeMarcus Cousins injury. I said I would have gone with Joe Kim. No, I still believe that. But what the Lakers did here, Smart, it sounds like it's a fully non-guaranteed deal. So they're protected if, for any reason, Dwight is hurt or unable to play or just doesn't look good enough to play, they can move on easily. If he's being a distraction, if it's just not working out, they can move on, and presumably the guys like Joe Kim Noah, Kenneth Fareed, all, Zaza Patchouli, all those other guys, presumably those guys will still be there if the Lakers want to make that move you know, sometime between now and, let's say, Christmas. It's probably shortly after Christmas one of those guys could get picked up, early January when days contracts are available and those kind of things so we'll see but it's you know if dwight really will just rebound and play defense and catch the occasional lob near the basket fine if he wants to be a big part of the offense as a role man or he wants to be a guy who's getting all these post touches like he has in the past no no way get that out of there move on from that as quick as you can
0: yeah i would think that if that was part of the discussion at all if dwight was saying hey i want you to feed me in the post i i'm pretty sure the lakers would just say no thank you uh, and pass on that. We know that's an inefficient scoring opportunity. Dwight Howard in the post, he's going to turn to his little lefty hook, which misses more often than not. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, Dwight Howard. And he can't the, power through
1: guys and I get know. to the rim the way he used to be able to. So yeah. Yeah.
0: He relied so much on his athleticism to make up for issues with skill development. And so that as he's getting older, that goes away. And so obviously he's, he's not nearly the player that he once was. But like you said, if he can rebound, if he can play defense, do those two things. Then you're good. And then you'll you'll get your money's worth out of him, and hopefully he'll have a good season. But uh, I believe that it's sometime in January that they have to waive him if they want to cut the rest of his salary. They, they, that's the the brilliance of this. Not only can they drop him, they can get rid of him. They don't even have to pay him if they if they do. Yeah. So everything's on the line here here for Dwight. He, he's going to lose money if he gets cut by the Lakers. So uh, I think this is the last chance for him. If if things don't work out here and he gets cut, I don't know if he gets another job in the NBA.
1: Yeah, I think you're right with that. I think what you're gonna see with Dwight here, and it's January tenth is the league-wide guarantee date. So that's when all contracts become fully guaranteed. His his the way his contract's gonna work, just to educate everybody, because the figure of two point six million is what's being thrown around. Right. That that's that's rounded up. It's really like two point five six, but fine, two point six. But that's what he'll actually make. The cap hit on that's gonna be about one point six million, because it's a it's a minimum contract, so it gets it gets knocked down to the two-year veteran minimum. Minimum for the cap and actually the lakers only pay that 1.6 the rest of that is the other million or so is going to be paid by the nba itself that's how it works with with these veteran uh, minimum deals that's so it's it, it set up that way to kind of keep guys like dwight howard and jobs so teams right. aren't just bringing in you know rookies and undrafted players and things like that so so it would but well, you're right, on if 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 it's not working out they can move on with very minimal obligation there. That they've got plenty of room under the luxury tax and all that to add another guy on a minimum. They've got enough room if that guy doesn't work out. Add another guy on the minimum and those kind of things. It, it's in in the important thing to know too is they are going to have to waive somebody because right now they're at the twenty man maximum. So Dwight only got waived yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday right. the what is this twenty fifth? So he only got waived on the twenty fourth. He'll clear waivers. No one is going to claim him. So he'll clear waivers tomorrow on Monday, and then the Lakers will be able to sign him. And at that point, they're going to have to waive somebody. They do have their four non guaranteed uh camp camp guys so I assume it'll be one of those guys and then Dwight slides into that fifteenth spot. I do not expect that they'll wave to Marcus Cousins yet. I think they're gonna hold on to him if for no other reason come December 15th. That three million dollars is a valuable trade piece that you can put sure. towards salary matching in a deal. Now if if they have another injury and they need the roster spot that's a discussion to have at that time but but I think that's how they're gonna move this thing forward and we'll see who who goes you know from the from the young, young players we we don't have a ton of history with any of these guys so so but we'll we'll see where where that goes it was kind of set up though I think they were looking to bring a bunch of guys in and let them fight it out even though they have their two two-way players but let those guys see if one of them can play their way into right. uh, a two-way role and move on from one of the others so you know that that can still happen though but but at this point that's my expectation I know a lot of people have been ask are they're gonna waive cousins to do this signing I don't think so. That would be a shock to me if that's how this goes down.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've got the space to do it right now. You can go ahead and and bring him in. You just have to waive somebody that you were planning on waiving anyway at some point, just you were going to let them play out through training camp and everything. You're just going to have to do it a little bit earlier. I would think that would be the preferable option. Now, if they do go ahead and hang on to DeMarcus Cousins and then a guy like, we've, we've talked about this, like Andre Iguodala suddenly becomes available and they need a spot for that, could they then go ahead and apply for the disabled player exception for Cousins and maybe free up a spot that way without Just waving him. Is that an an option or is that completely.
1: It's actually not because the disabled player exception does not give you a roster spot it's a cap exception yeah so it's important to remember that's a cap exception versus a roster exception the only way you get a a roster exception so a 16th standard spot is if you have at least four players injured and out at the same time and that's obviously (laughs) we don't want it to get there for any team you know at this especially this early in the year so that that's uh something although those uh uh hardship exceptions is right, what those right. are called in the uh, memphis grizzlies oddly enough involved in this whole joint howard thing they are a team that has made you know heavy usage of that over the last few seasons as they've had a lot of guys injured and out so so i i don't i that's why i don't think you're gonna see that now Glad you brought up Andre Iguodala because that's obviously a guy Lakers fans are watching quite closely. I think yes, a lot of, a handful of other uh, fan bases are looking at him as somebody who could come in and maybe push their team over the top as well. What's important to, to look at, the Grizzlies, it's not that they played hardball here with Dwight, but they pushed and got the full amount that the Lakers are going to pay him, that $2.6 They got him to give that back. Yeah. In in his bio, and I think that's kind of instructive because I think as you're looking at Iguodala, and then to a much lesser level, guys like Solomon Hill and Miles Plumley, who the Grizzlies picked up in salary dumps this summer, that's they're probably going to push a similar hard line with those guys. I personally think they're going to go into the regular season with Iguodala on the roster. I don't think they're just going to waive him now if a trade develops. But I don't. The problem is, as we've talked before, about half the league can't be traded right now, maybe yeah. even a little bit more than that because and he's making seventeen million. World. That's that's
0: gonna be tough. exactly
1: yeah. So you gotta you gotta pile some some money together to get there to match on him. So I think what you're gonna ultimately see is they'll carry him into the regular season, use him as a good veteran to have around their very, you know, young transitioning roster mm-hmm. and let him him be that guy and then they'll open things up and see what deal comes to them that is best. I don't I it would be kind of a surprise if they just simply Waved him because I think they could make a team trade for him. Now, if it gets close to the trade deadline and nothing is really materializing, probably even before then, probably around that Christmas period when most of the league is eligible to be traded, then maybe they free that up. But but we'll see ultimately where that goes with that. So it's you know it, the Lakers. Put in a tough spot with boogie going down and we we knew it was going to be one of a handful of guys and it sounds like they they liked what they saw from dwight most and he, even last year when he wasn't very good he could still rebound so yeah. if he can just do that even just that and provide a little bit of rim protection that's more than you're going to get from anybody on the minimum the the thing i'm hoping for and we won't spend a lot of time on this so as i'm hoping this really does force them to say all right ad you got to play some five like, especially at those critical minutes, but that I'm was right, going right. to happen anyway. He just doesn't want to start there. No, he doesn't no, no. want to play 30 minutes a night as the five. Crunch time. So Exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah, playing the last there in crunch time, and chaff. you're good. Yep, yep. So, so we'll see. Now, the question I want to ask you, though, is the Lakers yeah. guy. Who starts? Dwight or JaVale? <laughs> I threw this out t- there. It's going to be one of the two. I threw it
0: out there on Twitter today, you know, and, and it was overwhelmingly people were saying start JaVale because JaVale was re- actually really good for the Lakers last yeah. season. He has this reputation as a knucklehead and, you know, the Shaqton Fool moments and all that, but he was really effective with LeBron James. Uh, in fact, the LeBron had the second most assists of his went to JaVale McGee. The the most of his assists went to Kyle Kuzma. And so they hung on to both those guys. But uh, JaVail has a nice chemistry with LeBron James. He's really good at, at just catching and finishing. And that's what you need with with playing with a guy like LeBron. So I think he probably is in the lead at the moment. If We've heard amazing things about how good Dwight Howard was in his workout with the Lakers, how blown away they were and all these things. If that's the case, I think Dwight's ceiling is higher. So yeah. maybe he comes in and he, you know, just blows the doors off of Javale McGee in uh, in training camp or something like that. But I'd say right now Javale McGee is probably the guy. And I want to throw this out there because this is something I was talking about on my last show. I almost wonder if they start Dwight on the bench, just as a test, just to see, just to see how him? well behaved he's really going to be. Like, hey, yeah. now not only are you being asked to do the the dirty work, are you asked to just being able to rebound? Be able to block some shots and be able to play defense. We need you to do those three things. If you can do that, right, then you can stick with this team. But we're going to ask you to do that coming off the bench. We're going to see how true to your word you really are and how, how, uh, how much you're, you're really going to be on your best behavior. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Dwight start the season off the bench almost just to prove that he's, uh, that he's fully on board with the Lakers and fully committed to doing whatever it takes to help them win.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, especially as the preseason goes, that's how things will start out there. I think that is definitely you know, a great point. So let's move on, though. We yep. talked about LeBron here with Dwight and uh, Noah and whoever else it's going to be. It's going to be Dwight for now. Yep. Let's move on to his old team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So year two post LeBron, year, year one did, did not go well, only no, 19 wins last not so year. Much. And you know, we all knew that's where things were headed for that team. I think they had right. some some hopes. They they think they hoped things would come together, maybe a little bit more. But they're, they're heading in in a rebuilding development curve. Excuse me. Had the hiccups there. Now what you're going to see with this team is, I think, year two of the rebuild and, you know, move this thing forward. So. So as we always do, let's cover who they lost. Yeah, they Marquise Chris, who they acquired uh, mid-season in a deal. He is gone. Channing Frye retired. David Nwaba left. That one's probably the only one I care about for these guys. Yeah, I think agreed. he's actually someone who can play a little bit. Jr. Smith. They 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 tried to trade him. They pushed it back. Nobody was willing to bite on that deal in in a summer where. You know, half the league had max cap space anyway. Nobody needed to take on that, you know, difference between fifteen million that you could have shed and his right. grandfathered in only counting at three or four million. Ultimately waived and still hasn't signed anywhere. I think that kind of tells you what the NBA thinks. I, I don't know if he's point.
0: I don't know if he plays this season. I don't know. It's gonna right? take it's gonna take some catastrophic injury like multiple yeah. injuries to a team for somebody to go, hey, you know, maybe J.R. Smith. I think he might I think he might be headed for the big three within the next year or two because I don't think his NBA career is going to continue.
1: Yeah, and and this is not a criticism at all because J.R. Smith put together a good, long career in the NBA at points where it looked like he wasn't going to at a few different points in his career it looked like he was going to be done especially early on so you know if this is it for him i think he feels good about that i think he should feel good about what he accomplished and all that uh other losses nick Stauskis, mm-hmm. he he is gone and Sauce headed overseas. <laughs> that's it yeah he's he's gonna go over look to rebuild his value overseas and get back and then they're two two-way guys they're they're swapping them out dang adele and jaron blossom game are both headed out so now what they added Let's go. This is a short list (laughs) here. So it's Darius Garland. Yep. Dylan Windler and Kevin Porter Jr., all first-round draft picks in the 2019 draft. Garland was their own pick. Uh, Windler was their own pick, and then Porter was a pick that they acquired from the uh, Detroit Pistons. They bought that pick at the end of the first round after the Pistons had acquired it from the Milwaukee Bucks. And then some camp guys, Jarrell Martin, veteran forward, had recently played with Orlando, Mm -hmm. coming in on a non-guaranteed deal. Malik Newman and Levi Randolph, a couple guys who bounced around a little bit randolph was with the Cavs last year and then jp mccora who was on a two-way with the charlotte hornets last year is coming in to compete and then they did sign one of their two two two-way spots uh, dean wade a big man out of kansas state as far as what they got to work with no cap space they are beyond capped out in cleveland we'll talk about why here in a minute is they're still carrying a couple of big contracts and then they've got the still the 5.7 Million dollar uh, MLE available to them. That's the uh, non-taxpayer MLE, or I'm sorry, the taxpayer MLE. The reason why is they started the summer over the tax. So if you start over the tax, you get the taxpayer MLE, and then you don't. It doesn't go up if you subsequently got under. They got under when they waived Smith. That's how they got under. As it stands today, they're about 1.2 million dollars under the luxury tax. And you know, after years and years of paying the tax to to try and put that that team around LeBron and then really still suffering through the fallout of that last year, they're going to do everything they can to stay under the tax. So now that might mean shedding one of those big salaries. So, so we, we know they still, still get a couple of those, but we'll get to those in a minute. What do you think of the draft? What, what do you think of those three guys? Garland, Winler, and Porter?
0: Um, I, I didn't have a problem with, with any of them really. I thought I was a big fan of Darius Garland. I liked that, that pick for, as someone who likes Darius Garland though, I think this was the worst landing spot for him simply because they already have their their point guard of the of the future and colin sexton that was the guy that they got the previous year and so now you're putting them together and saying oh the two of them can can just play together it'll be no problem it's a two guard backcourt it's going to be just like cj McCollum and damian lillard no problem right well I tend to look at CJ and Dame as the outlier. I don't think that they are the model that you can necessarily, necessarily, if I can speak here, <laughs> build upon. Um, but, and I think back to like the Minnesota Timberwolves, when they drafted Johnny Flynn and, and Ricky Rubio together and said, oh, it's no big deal. We're going to play them together. Everything's going to be fine. And then everything instead was not Steph fine. Curry. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> Steph Curry and everything was not fine. Um yeah. So I do, I do wonder about that. Although I am also the guy that's always saying, it's about talent in the draft. I don't care about fit. And I think Darius Garland was the best talent there. So I liked I like the Cavs making that selection. No problem there. I do question whether or not they really intend to play them side by side or not. It'll be interesting to see there. Um as far as the guys they, they went for at the end of the first, like you said, they're so close to that to that tax line that you might as well, you know, if you can just add on another young player there, there's not much else they can do. They're kind of stuck yeah. in the mud this season because of that. Because they have no room to really do anything else. So if you have just enough room to add one more young player and it's not really going to hurt you long term that much, you might as well go ahead and do it. So you're at least doing something this season to build for your future. Because this is going to be another lost season for them. There wasn't there wasn't a whole lot they could really do, and that's why we saw them not really do a whole lot this summer.
1: Yeah. No, there really wasn't. It was going to be. If they did anything, it was going to be a Kevin Love trade. Right. Maybe would have been probably their big swing, and that didn't happen. We'll he's got get to into prove that himself in a first. I mean, he's been he, been he does, yeah. And,
0: you know, he's if he gets out on there, if he gets out on the floor this season, and he starts lighting it up, and he looks like the Kevin Love of of old, or at least something close to that maybe somebody takes a chance on him still this is a pretty big contract to deal with and they, the Cavs have to be careful that they not only find the right trade for him but that they trade him at the at the right time the right time for their uh for their franchise the right time to maximize his value because they can't be in a rush here to to move on from him I think that they shouldn't be in a situation where they have to pay a team to take on a Kevin Lo- Kevin Love and I think that's probably what teams would have been looking for this summer had they traded him then
1: yeah, you know, I, that's a great point because I think one of the things that the Cavs did, which is really good last year was they took on a lot of bad salary yeah. and they took on multi-year bad salary. John Hansen, Matthew De La Vadova, Brandon Knight, those guys were all not one year bad salary. That was two years left a bad salary. And that was, that was good because it allowed them to get some more assets, mm-hmm. allowed them to get, you know, Get, get look at a couple of players that they, they got Marquise Chris, who they were able to look at because they took on Brandon Wright. Now, Chris didn't work out, but that's fine. That's what you should be doing. You take those you know, shots, take those bites at the apple, and figure that out. Now, with love, though. If you remember back what, what I was critical of at the time was the contract extension made no sense 4 yeah. years 120 million dollars that starts now that is this year that that kicks in so it's 28.9 this year 31.2 31.2 and then drops back down to 28.9 that's a that's, that's just a hefty crazy. deal yeah that's going to be someone is going to have to be at a point where they look at it and say, we are a stretch five who can rebound away from winning the NBA championship. And not only that, that. but (laughs) you have that, but not only that, you have the idea of we also have a couple of salaries we can put together to go get this guy. And that just is, that I, I don't see it today. I mean, this is what I do all day long. I look at these rosters. I start to look up and down, and you know, there there's a lot of people. Obviously, you know, I'm close to the Celtics, and there are a lot of people who went Boston right. didn't have any bigs or like swap Gordon Hayward for Kevin Love. And it's funny because enough people came back and were like, are you kidding me? Gordon Hayward could be still really good if he gets back like we love is not bad by any means but four more years of that number it's just so high to to add to that though let's go through a couple more larry nance your former former laker one of your yep. former guys over there he his contract extension is now in 12 million 11 million 10 million 9 million that's you know pretty big money for a guy who is at best i think at this point a backup big in the nba the good news is that's it after this season. Yeah. All the rest of the big deals fall off. John Hansen comes off the books, Knight comes off the books, Del Vadova comes off the books, Jordan Clarkson thirteen point four comes off the books. Tristan Thompson's eighteen point five comes off the books. Those are all big, big numbers coming off, and it's and this is I think what you're going to see is they're going to look to move any and all of those guys in season. And all of those guys could have varying levels of value to a sure. team. If if Brandon Knight looks as good as he did for parts of last year, where he actually looked okay with the Cavs, a team could talk themselves into all right. There's a backup point guard we could use. Somebody the teams always exactly. need backup
0: and these guys are, are no risk for a team that's going to be taking exactly. them on because they don't. Yep have that long-term salary that's so it. you could see a yeah. team going for a guy like this um and maybe somebody does spring maybe it's jordan clarkson who can score off the bench lots of teams need exactly. need scores off the bench so tristan that's thompson
1: a guy who can rebound defense yes, absolutely screens. you know do and, and to your point too not only they're not going to cost you a lot because they're all expiring contracts None of them are going to cost much in trade either. Right. Okay, I mean, it would have to be Jordan Clarkson, would have to be a 30 point per game scorer for anybody to be like, all right, well, here's a first round pick and a young player. Like, that's not going to happen. So, because if Jordan Clarkson's scoring 30 a game, it's because he's taking 30 shots a game to get. <laughs> that's a, and even then, that that's a, might be questionable. Uh, if Jordan Clarkson's scoring 30 a
0: game, then something went very, very wrong with your with your team. <laughs>
1: Yeah, with the NBA, hey, with I, the I NBA, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I could pull that off in two K, uh, with him, maybe I might have to fire that up and see. I don't have a <laughs> game it's with him in it, but anyway, to the young kids though, yeah, Garland, I'm with you on the same thing. On the, I have the same questions. I, I as much as the Dame CJ thing is being thrown out there by the Cavaliers themselves, I don't know. It's that to to your point, those guys are so good. It's fine to have goals and emulate that, but right. I I don't know that those guys are going to get there. I also don't know with Garland, who I like quite a bit. I, I actually like him more than Sexton, and I don't dislike Colin Sexton, who I think is you know a a, a point guard who needs time. He's going to need another two three years before we we know what he is. But what I what I worry about here with those guys is it is what is their discernible skill set that the two of them have. Like what is Sexton's calling card? Because Damian Lillard, we knew he could score the ball right away from day one coming right. into the league. When they paired him with CJ, when CJ took that big leap from year one to year two, it's because we knew CJ could shoot and he could also score. Garland, I think we we hope, right? That's the hope is that he can be a big time scorer shooter. Yeah but sexton i don't know i think he's more of a good good player we'll see but to to the point you kind of made to just just collect talent figure it out later right at this point i think garland was clearly the best guy on the board at that point i'm intrigued by kevin porter jr this is a guy uh some of the people i really respect who do draft stuff had projected as maybe a late lottery pick just he you know had some troubles at usc and then he is a kid though good all-around game you know nba build looks like he's nba ready right away as far as physically so we'll see what he can do and then dylan windler this is a guy who comes in with a sure nba skill set because he can shoot and we know that he can shoot the ball we saw him shoot a lot at summer league he was really the only guy on the calves who was there at summer league that was going to be a part of this roster so you know all around it's it's fine. They're doing the right things. Keep collecting assets. To be collect a few more as you trade away, you know, those those guys on the bigger deals. If you can find the right Kevin Love uh a contract out there to bring back for him that allows you to shred, shed that as well. I think it's good. I, I'm looking forward to uh Chetty Osman. See yeah. he can do yep. this year. I think he was pretty good last year. I think he's a good, solid, young right. building block for this targeting team. him
0: in fantasy drafts for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a a guy who could – yeah, if you're looking for a guy who could be maybe a 20-point-per-game guy, he could be that guy this year as uh, as well as chipping in in some other spots. So um, the over-under for them last year, 19 wins. Some of that's colored by they weren't trying so hard down down the stretch. I don't see any reason to believe differently this year. So it's a little high for me, 24.5. I'm going under.
0: Yeah, I'd have to go under too on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it it's for me it's them and the Hornets are clearly the two worst teams yep. in the East, maybe the two worst teams in all of basketball. And um I I would be pretty surprised if this team wins. Twenty games they'd have to have a lock go right, and that would have mean those veterans are playing really really well
0: yeah there's there's no incentive for them to push to win right now. there just isn't like I said it's a loss season for them. They know what it is they know they just have to bite the bullet and deal with these salaries. The skies will part next summer and then they'll have an opportunity to really put a a full rebuild into motion right now. Their hands are kind of tied behind their backs. It is what it is this season and so and we're going to get to this when we get to who the starters are when we get to our uh, starting five but because I think that they don't have any incentive to win I think that's going to dictate who plays a little bit and so yeah I don't I don't see this team score uh, winning more than 24 games I'd definitely be taking the under here
1: Yeah and you mentioned the starting five so let's do it for me yeah. I'm going off of this is what I think the open the season with as they're starting five knowing I think this is going to change mm-hmm. quite a bit as we get into it but I've got Thompson and Love up front Sure. A and I have actually a Brandon Knight in there. I think they'll start him again alongside Sexton, just a shooter, secondary ball handler. Guy can take a little bit of pressure off. And then that leaves Garland, Clarkson, Nance, Henson, Delvadova, Zizic. Those are your backup guys. But I think by the time things really are deep into the season, right around the first of the year leading up to the trade deadline – all of those veteran guys will either be out yeah. or they will they will have be way off and all those other guys will come in. I think Winler and Porter probably log a lot of time with the Canton Charge in the G League early on in the year. They, I just don't see minutes for them. Is, they, you have to start trying to be competitive, but as that wanes, then I think they step into roles and other guys just slide out. And then whether they're on the roster or not, we'll see.
0: So I'll, I'll tell you what I think they should do. And this is this is where I think they should be to start the season. I think that they should – I agree with your, your lineup mostly, but I think the the starting five should be Garland, throw him in there with Sexton. Why not? Okay. No problem. Uh, Chetty Osman, Kevin Love, and then give me Larry Nance Jr. in place of Tristan Thompson. I'm focusing on the guys – that are going to either be there long term or the young players that they're they're looking to build, and everybody else can can kind of you know sit over on the sideline. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think if I'm looking yeah. at what they're going to do, I think Tristan Thompson slides in to, in place of Larry Nance Jr. I know Nance isn't a full time center, but I do think they have ex- they've experimented with him a little bit there. I like him a lot, um, and it's not just because of his time as a as a Laker. He's very very versatile on the floor. He's the kind of guy that you want out there making all those hustle plays for you. So you might as well find out what you've got. Find out if he. Can can play say 20 minutes a game at the center position and then bring in Zizich or something behind him. Be interesting to see a, a nice experiment for them. I think maybe they turn to that midway through the season. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, I think they'll, they'll mitigate it a little bit. You'll have Garland and Sexton starting, Chetty Osmond, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson rather than just all of their young players in there. But as you mentioned, as the season goes on, if Tristan Thompson shows something, I think they trade him. If Kevin Love shows something and they have a taker, they'll trade him. So this yep. is a team that could very much be in flux. And I, I fully expect their starting five on opening night to look completely different than what their starting five looks like, say, in the final couple of weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time we are post-trade deadline, if the only two two guys that are left from the starting five are Saxon and Osmond. Mm-hmm. Nothing would surprise me from that, yep. from the from the starting five I threw out there. I think that's you know, perfectly you know, reasonable to expect. So I think we're both going under on the over under. Yep. I have to jump the lineup piece there. With that, I think thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm just gonna give, give it an even because yeah what else were they supposed to do they they didn't have any cap space they didn't do anything dumb which is is sometimes just as important as uh which is know, more difficult they, than you would think <laughs> yeah exactly yeah especially in the nba yeah. and, you know they, they could have you know done really bad things with the jr smith deal they could have taken on really terrible money that was you know more than one two years left with that so so we'll see but but yeah i'm giving it a, an even for right now just because we'll we'll see a lot of that's going to depend on how the draft pans out for them
0: yeah Hey, they didn't like do something crazy, like take a talented youngish swing man in Chetty Osman and, and pay someone else to take his salary. Looking at you, Phoenix Suns, Um <laughs> you, you don't do that. But uh for the oh,
1: – Suns fans were mad at us. TJ
0: Warren, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Suns fans were saying that they weren't even going to break if they saw you crossing the street.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a
0: oh, little yeah, – yeah. people, people take this too seriously <laughs> sometimes. But um, I, are, I'm with you. I'm with you. I go the medium. They're, they were stuck. They they did what yeah, they could. I don't yeah. have any issue with what they did, but it wasn't like they did enough to where you can really give them a full grade. I guess if we were really grading this, it would be
1: an incomplete. It is what. Yeah, it is. yeah, I think it, an incomplete is fine. It's a, it's it's one of those in college where you. Right now you have a zero, but if you hand in your work later, you'll get. We'll pull that grade up. Yeah. Let's find out what comes later for the Cavaliers. So we're gonna do the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> yep. next. But before we get to the Mavericks, let's talk about Bet Online AG. They are our advertising partners here, so you find them at BetOnline.ag. And baseball season full swing, we're heading. We're we're going down, and Trevor, our teams are going head to head right now. We That's are right. both watching uh, the, the Yankees and the Dodgers. Now I'm watching it with a lot of anger about those stupid uniforms. Uh, You know, I I just don't (laughs) like them. (laughs) I don't like the black and the white uniforms players, players weekend here in major league baseball. But On top of baseball heading, you know, full steam towards the playoffs, it's NFL preseason. We are three weeks through the preseason, one week left to go. This is, you know, cranking right up to be NFL time to celebrate another season kickoff. BetOnline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS. 50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Please see betonline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for this bonus. Again, that promo code is CLNS50 at betonline.ag. Please see betonline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Now, let's do it Dallas Mavericks. Let's talk so, about them. Yeah, they they uh did they, another team that didn't make huge changes, but they did some stuff as far as re-upping with guys and bringing guys back.
0: They did and they didn't make huge changes because they did them at, at the trade deadline. Correct. Right? So that's that's, that's why yep. they they did their shopping there instead of in the summer. So that's yep. that's why.
1: Yeah, that, that's it. I always say I the one of the, the recent trades that I use for this is Blake Griffin of the Pistons. Yeah. Pistons made their big offseason move a year early when they went and got Blake at the trade deadline. Mavericks did this when they went and got Chris porzingis So let's start there. Chris Stapps-Porzingis, as expected, full five-year max deal. Player option at the end of it for Porzingis is they're going to pair him with Luka Doncic, who is, that's it. Those, that's their duo going forward. They're hoping that those are the guys mm-hmm. that the Mavericks build around to bring you know, Bring bring them back to to the playoffs and ultimately to the title contention. Then their other moves involved re-signing. They re-signed four other players on the roster. So Maxi Kleba, Dorian Finney-Smith, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. three other players. Uh, Maxi Kleba, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell all uh, were were re-signed. And, and I was right, four players because right, JJ one. There you go. Yeah, JJ. Andrew Bynum's is back favorite player. So, Uh, the the Miami heats bane of their existence they believe kept them from a title JJ Barea Uh, northeastern Boston product northeastern zone JJ Barea so yeah he is back as well for another year I I presume it's only a matter of time before Devin Harris is back as well because you know I can't envision Devin Harris playing (laughs) yeah Yeah, why not might as well uh, with that but then they did add a couple of free agents as well Seth Curry and Boban Majanovic as they brought those two guys in. And then DeLon Wright, another guy that they added as well. And then a couple of two-way guys, Antonius Cleveland and Josh Reeves in the draft. Isaiah Roby, he was their only draft pick this year after they traded the picks away to get Porzingis at last year's deadline. And then Dakota Mathias, he's another guy coming in on a camp deal. A bit of of an uphill battle for him. So the Mavericks kind of, I don't want to say loading up, but they retained their key guys. And then they they added a couple of nice players who should be rotation pieces in Curry and Marjanovic. Um, I think that's going to be really big. And DeLon Wright, I think, is going to be huge for them. I think ultimately DeLon Wright ends up this team's starting point guard. Yep. So, you know, kind of curious to see, are you in on Porzingis' five-year max deal?
0: Yes, and it's because if you're going to be in on someone on a five-year max deal and it's someone who's got a little bit of an injury history, that's the guy that you do it for. Right. Like this, you look at his skill set, you look at what he can do. I mean, they call him the unicorn for a reason. If you're going to take a chance and it's a chance, it's a risk. That's for sure. And five year max deals sometimes have a little bit of risk to them. Not everybody is LeBron James or, or Kevin Durant or, or this, you know, full fledged superstar where, you know, even if they have a little bit of regression, they're still well, well worth the money. But if you're going to take a gamble on a guy, you're going to take a gamble on a young, Big player, he's he was seven, four can shoot from outside, can do a little bit of everything. That's the kind of guy that you take a chance on, especially when you already have a young piece in Luka Doncic because the upside of this is so high. If both of these guys hit, if they mesh together, you've got a contending team for the next decade. Right, built around those yep. two players. So that's the kind of gamble that I like to see, rather than the kind of gambles that some other teams might take, where they're they're throwing big money at a guy who doesn't really deserve it, and then they have a regression, and yeah, you've got problems. But Porzingis, I think, is the guy that to go for. And have you seen the pictures of Kristaps Porzingis going around lately?
1: It's, yeah. I, well, I've seen a couple of different ones. I've seen them all bloodied and beat up. Well, okay, <laughs> those ones. But, Not that yeah, one. <laughs> no, the ones the, the ones you're talking about. Yes, I have seen those. Yes. he looks good. Let's call him. I mean.
0: The new nickname is he, is he Drago now? Is he Ivan Drago? Like that's, that's what he, he does. He looks kind of like it. So, uh, yeah, look, everybody's been complaining for so long that Porzingis, oh, you know, he needs to put on weight. He needs to put on weight with this dude's looking jacked at this point. So Christoph's Porzingis, if he's put on the muscle and he can stay healthy, and those are, you know, two certainly ifs, then I think he has a great chance of being worth this contract. And I love the pairing of him and Luca, Luka Doncic. Uh, yeah, credit to the Mavs for, for going for it. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, and the reality is they weren't getting him for anything less than a max deal. No. Yeah. Now, they could have forced him to go get an offer, but we've seen that causes nothing but problems. And in her feelings, this is a guy who really washed out in New York, in yep. part because he didn't like the way things were going with the Knicks. So so I do think that that's really important. I think, you know, I, I'm with you 100%. I, I've seen a little bit of you know, backlash. Some people saying, I just don't know. And if your concerns are that you believe he's never going to be healthy, well, I can't argue that. That's that's completely fair because this guy has missed yeah. considerable time in his first four years in the league, including an entire season last year. So, so we'll see. Uh, there, there, off-season moves. Oh, do you have something else? Well,
0: so I was going to say yeah. he missed the entire season last year. But, like, if he was on a playoff he team, he would have yeah. come back. He could have played. There, there wasn't – it didn't make any sense to bring him back and take that risk. Yep. It didn't make any sense for him. didn't make any sense for the team. So, yeah, I mean, missed the entire season. But there's a – we need to put a little asterisk by that one because he didn't have to miss the entire season, I don't think.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think all reports were he probably could have played – sometime in late January sometime after the trade right. deadline he could have come back by late January I think the Knicks knew they were done and he wasn't going to be there anymore and then the Mavericks their season was pretty much lost at that point so why bother yeah. so they're they're off season additions the one I think will ultimately be the most impactful and I think is their best one is DeLon Wright Agreed. I think this guy's pretty good I, I think he's going to be their starting point guard that doesn't mean he's going to be the guy who's handling the ball the most. That'll be Luka. Luka is their primary playmaker. Luka is – the draft comp I used for Luka was that he is a right-handed uh, James Harden as far as uh, skill and ability with the ball. Because he is a primary ball handler. he can shoot, he can pass, he can get to the rim, those kind of things. As far as role goes, I'm not saying he's anywhere near sure, as good sure. as hard.
0: No, I, just I haven't heard that comp, that. but I like it. I do like that. Yeah, I, think, that's, I think that makes just, a lot of sense.
1: And and, and, you know, let's give me points because I went with the cross racial cross you know (laughs) pond as well too. So so let's go. That's uh, you know I tried tried to make it work, but but what I do think you know he doesn't defend point guards. So I you I say this a lot. Position in the NBA is who you defend. They do need someone who can defend point guards. I think DeLon Wright can do that. I think he gives them a secondary playmaker with the ball in his hands. I think he's a developing shooter as well, and I think Rick Carlisle just gets the most out of point guards maybe of any coach in the entire NBA. So I think you're going to see DeLon Wright really take off. Now, Curry, I think, splits the minutes with him there. I think those two guys will both play a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think Curry will play in a lot of lineups where his whole job is to run around, come off screens, be a designated shooter, and do those kind of things. And I think when you start putting lineups together with Porzingis, Doncic, Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr who I think is going to have a bit of a bounce back year in a full year in Dallas in Carlisle system. That's a lot of shooting you can put on the court okay. together. And that's you know that's going to be really really important and that opens up driving lanes and the those kind of things. So I think DeLon Wright's going to be a big, big part of this with Curry kind of playing that secondary third guard role, basically what he did for Portland last year to, to a T in Dallas.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me toss this into about DeLon, Wright. Like if you're going to try to pick a point guard to play alongside or a style of point guard to play alongside Luka Doncic, knowing that Doncic is going to play with the ball in his hands quite a bit. I think DeLon Wright is the type of guy that you want with the one caveat that, that he isn't the shooter necessarily that you would want right now. He's only a 33% shooter from three for his career, but as you just mentioned, they have so much shooting around him that maybe you mitigate that a little bit, and you can bring in that different look off the bench with Seth Curry, who is a great shooter. In fact, who was one of the most effective shooters in the entire NBA last season. I believe he was in the 99th percentile on uh, spot-up shooting, Last season, Per Synergy, that's off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure he was in the very, very, very top percentile. Uh, Not as good of a defender, but again, DeLon Wright can bring you that defensive look. So I like that the Mavericks in their guards and the, the ones they targeted being DeLon Wright and Seth Curry get two very different things out of them. And so that gives... Rick Carlisle an opportunity to throw different looks at teams. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think the lawn right is going to end up being their most impactful signing. And I really like the idea of pairing him and Luka Doncic in the backcourt. I, I like that a lot.
1: Hey, and I, They've still got Jalen Brunson yep. who got some good minutes last year. I think he's a guy who he'll still play. He'll get in there because, you know, it's Rick Carlisle. So at some point in the year, right, we'll go missing for a week out of the rotation and just won't play because that's what happens with point guards in Dallas. And then J.J. Barea, of course, is there. And I think he'll he'll have some form role, you know, assuming he's healthy and can can play. Mm-hmm. I, then their, their other ad, Bobon. Bobon is more right we all love Bobon. it's funny it's <laughs> right you know we all love that stuff but I think he'll help there again another Dallas has gotten a lot out of these centers Sala Mejri and then if you want to go back you know even further guys like Dampier, Pierre got that mm-hmm. who aren't you know overly athletic you know aren't overly gifted but have some skill around the bucket so I think Bobon will play some in there I don't I've heard some people say they think he might start I don't can start him with Chris no. that doesn't that starts to get messy I think that's Dwight Powell's role probably most likely yeah. maybe Maxi Kleba gets in there as the the starter especially if they they can convince Porzingis to play the five more there but you know I think Bullbound will definitely help that team I think you know he's going to be you know important for them and then Kleba and Dorian Finney Smith, these were two restrictive free agents that a lot of people liked. And Dallas made it pretty clear that they were going to bring them both back. Nobody waited in. I thought somebody might on Kleba. I thought somebody might go in there and with the the just the number of teams who had cap space this summer, I thought someone would go in and throw a an offer at that, that then really made Dallas go, Oh man, now we gotta think about what to do here, but nobody did. I think he's a good player. I think he's an ideal third big. If you're kind of looking at it behind the Powell and Porzingis as your starters, I think Kleba is a guy who's gonna be pretty good there. And then Dorian. Smith a good you know three not well I don't want to say I almost said three and D because he's not a great three-point shooter no. yet, but a defensive-minded wing who can do some things can defend really kind of two through four on a lot of teams and, and do some stuff so I think and they got them both for a combined 12 million dollars uh over the next not couple bad. of years and then just just accelerating after that so those are those are the kind of smart good signings those mid-tier contracts that they're they're never going to hurt you even if the guy guys are are bad and then Powell brought, brought him back he opted out but then signed a four-year contract for about uh it's 10 million this year and then 11 million flat almost a little above that the next couple of seasons so you know good good work by the mavericks all around i think this team has a chance to be pretty good i i think that they're gonna really vault themselves into playoff contention yeah next year in the west
0: that's what i that was my big you know summation of this team is that if things click with Porzingis and Dantek, and if they're healthy, this is a team that can make a run for the playoffs, right? This, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they snuck into that seventh or eighth seed or something like that in the Western Conference. Now, the West is brutal, but I like what they've done. I like the way that their pieces fit together. I think they've got great depth in their backcourt. I don't know so much about the frontcourt depth. Like if Porzingis goes down, they, they don't really have a great shooter behind him or anything that, that can fill in that kind of a role as far as a, being a floor spacing big. But overall, I think that they've done a really nice job here, and if things work out right for them, this could be a, a playoff team, and that's a credit to the Mavericks because they certainly weren't yeah. in that spot last year. So I, I like what they've done. I think they've got they've put a nice group around Porzingis and Doncic, and they've committed to them for a couple of seasons here. And then if things don't work out, they're going to have some opportunities to tweak tweak things as they go. But uh, you know what? I, I like what they did. I, I have no problems with the Mavs offseason at this point, and think that they made some real smart moves
1: yeah and, and give them credit as it's the post-Dirk year right so this right. is their first year without Dirk there's not that feel-good story of Dirk going out you know at the end of his his final season in the NBA and that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun to follow all season long and you know good for him for working so hard to get back for that farewell season and to to do his thing I think a couple of things to watch for with the Mavs they're out of spending power they've got a, a handful of their MLE and uh biannual exception left mm. but did not enough to do anything meaningful with it it's under um, a minimum contract amount for both of which it's a little odd not it's a little weird that they didn't just use that to give the rest of it to somebody but but they didn't right. so it is what it is there but what they do have is two pretty good trade chips they have the Mammoth had an interesting offseason from the standpoint of they chose to stay over the cap and they operated as an over the cap team all summer long they 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 could have fallen under the cap, had a bunch of cap space, even with poor Zingas cap hold, and and done things that way. But they stayed over the cap, and what that allowed them to do is maintain one of the biggest. I think it is the single biggest trade exception left on the board. Harrison Barnes, eleven point eight million. Yeah. So that that's a big one. Uh, now a trade exception can only be used by itself. You can't combine it with salary. You can't combine it with another trade exception. But still, that's eleven point eight million. But they also have Courtney Lee as twelve point seven million expiring deal that if they don't wave him which again kind of similar to what we're talking about a little bit with the Cavaliers I don't think they'll just wave him or like the Lakers with DeMarcus Cousins at the beginning of the show I think they'll keep Lee on the books because why not it's not hurting anything yeah. you don't need the roster spot and just keep it on the books and then that's a that's a nice piece to go get something else to aid in the playoff push and let, let's say you've got and and let's say a guy like like uh Finney Smith or Cleba. Let's say Cleba is out of the rotation or Dwight Powell. Now you put that together, that's $20 million of matching salary. And that's a big enough amount that you can really make an impactful move. So I think Dallas is really setting themselves up to bounce back. It's it's as much as I said, playoff contention. I don't think they get there this year. I think no. the West is just a little too deep for them. But I think as a couple of the teams start to age out um that are ahead of them, I think Dallas is well positioned. And I think once they're in, they're not going to be out again for for a while.
0: Yeah, they've set themselves up well for the future. Um, let's should we go into starting five? Let's let's yeah, yeah, talk about that. Let's, let's,
1: let's do it because I'm curious. I want to hear
0: yours because I'm okay. curious to see what you think. So here's what here's what I've got. I think that Wright is certainly going to be their their starting point guard. They went out and got him, I, so I think they're going to go go with him. Luka Doncic, obviously, I think that guy's definitely going to start. Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> no, he's all right. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr, I've got him at uh, at small forward. I think uh, he's overpaid and I think he gets a, a bad rap because of that. He's overpaid but the dude can play. Right? Like he's yeah. a guy who can who can really contribute on your team. He's not like, well like Courtney Lee right now. Like he's probably not going contrib- to contribute a whole lot no. to your team. Tim Hardaway Jr, you don't want to pay him what he's making, but he can do good things on the floor. So I, I see him at at small forward. I've got Porzingis at power forward and then at center. I'm going Dwight Powell. I think that you need his mobility in there. I think you need his his rebounding. I think it helps to mitigate some of the issues of, of Porzingis. So I like that pairing there. And uh yeah, that's my starting five. Right, do Hardaway, Porzingis, and Powell.
1: I'm with you. I got the same five. Five guys mm-hmm. carlyle will mix a match at some point right we'll do something to make him mad and he'll be out probably out of the yep. rotation entirely for a week or so powell will come in and out because he does that i think they'll liberally rest porzingis yes uh, Doncic, speaking of guys who look good physically he's really oh, yeah, him himself too. man he that baby fat that he had been carrying that, that's about shed so i think th- he so i went on uh a bunch of shows last year coming in and people people like to play the you know who would you take for the next you know five years and then right. three bunch of young names Doncic was at the top of my list on every guy yeah i think this guy will be a multi-time all nba player and i think eventually will be a guy who's in the mvp conversation almost every season that's how high i am on this kid's ability i think he is that good i think you know he is going to be fantastic and i think people forget just how young he is because you've been hearing his name mm-hmm. for so many years now. But yeah. And then I think the bench rotation, it's Dallas. So it's Carlisle. He's got to move guys in and out. Guys will play guys. Won't play. But I think you're looking at Kari Kleba, Finney Smith, Brunson, Boban, Jackson, uh, Justin Jackson, yep. exactly who they got from the Kings for, for Harrison Barnes. I think he'll be in the mix. Some as well as JJ Barea. And then probably guys like Ryan Brokoff. you know, just, of. Uh, because it's Carlisle, he'll he'll you'll probably show up. Probably start a game somewhere where nobody's expecting it, and Carlisle does weird weird things. You know, he he could come into a night where, or we're gonna rest Porzingis, and I'm gonna play Tim Hardaway Jr. at the four right. tonight, and just go with it. And I think think it's uh, pretty cool. But there, Dallas has been a team before Luca. I was kinda, I wasn't watching as much. I, I kind of was 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 a little out. I, I love Dirk, but you know Dirk's not one of those guys you're tuning into night to night to see play. And between Luka and Dirk's farewell, last year I started to watch him more again, and now this year I can tell you they'll be heavy in my lead pass rotation.
0: Yeah, for sure, 100%. Let me, let me throw this at you, Keith, before we do our thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. The big Doncic trey Young trade. We now know what the other part of that is, and that's Cam Reddish. That's who the Hawks got out of it. So Cam Reddish and Trey Young for Luka Doncic, which side do you take right now, knowing that we haven't seen Cam Reddish play in the NBA yet?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Luka side just because yeah. that's how high I am on Luka. But... I think that is as close to a win-win trade mm-hmm. as we have maybe had in the league as far as yeah. really impactful players since the George Hill for Kawhi Leonard trade which just made so much sense at the time for both the Spurs and the Pacers. I know I'm, people, I'm sure the
0: Pacers are, are regretting it after the
1: fact to, but, to some but but, sure. but think of how big George Hill was for them. He really was. making those they, all, they if it wasn't for the for the uh for the Heat with James Wade and Bosch they would have been an NBA finals time, team at least once if not twice so you know that that was you know a trade that worked out quite well but yeah i think i think if you're atlanta you're happy Uh, i think if you're the mavericks you're just over the moon and that's where i think it's just that's enough for me to to be there with that and then yeah and then obviously before we can evaluate the porzingis trade it'll be a number of years because they they still owe picks to the knicks down the line so let's talk talk wins last year 33 wins that's probably a little lower than it could have been. I think, again, another team that kind of shut it down towards the end of the season. Sure. This year's over-under, so it's right at – basically you're either picking them to be 500 or better or under 500. It's 40.5 for the Mavericks. Ooh. So I'm going to go over because okay. I think they get to 500, but I don't think it's enough to make the playoffs.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to say, I i already said there is a chance that things break right for them and they make it into the playoffs, but I'm assuming that he'd get there with, you know, say 45 wins or somewhere in that, in that range. So it was 40.5 is the over under I'm going to give the, I'm going to go under and it's not so much me taking a shot here at the Mavs or anything like that, or saying, I don't believe in them. It's more, that's how good the Western Conference is and how difficult the West is going to be. And because I think the Mavs are going to understand that this isn't their year to contend or anything like that. It would be nice if they can make the playoffs, but I think they're going to really prioritize health for Porzingis and Doncic, which could, could mean some load management days and things of that nature. So I'm going to go the under, but I'm still really high on this team long term.
1: Yeah, I only really like to pick the over if I'm really confident that yeah. they're going to be way over it. So I can see that too because the the other thing, unless you're really confident, I could see this team being chugging along at that 41, 42 win pace. Right. Look up at the end of March and say right, we're not going to make the playoffs. Porzingis starts resting, Doncic yeah. starts resting, yep. and they just kind of shut it down, and that, that ends up costing them three, four wins. And then the next thing you know, this is a 38, 39 win team, instead of a 42, 43 win team that maybe they should have been. So, so I get that. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm giving them a thumbs up. Yep. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, per- perfectly, You know, I think this is a terrific offseason. I think they did all the things they needed to do. You can quibble a little bit with the Powell deal. That's, you know, maybe questionable there. But it's not going to kill you. $10, $11 million for a rotation big is just fine. I think the Curry pickup is terrific. I think Porzingis resigning him. I think they got great value deals. Two of the better value contracts in the – or three of the better value contracts in DeLon Wright, Maxi Kleba, and Dorian Finney-Smith. And then, of course, you know Luke is back in Porzingis. Uh, So, yeah, and, and Isaiah Roby. You know, interesting guy, I think, could uh be in that Finney Smith mold maybe eventually down down the line. So I, I I think you know brighter days to come here for Dallas. We're we're headed in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Thumbs up. All I right. dig it when teams when teams go for it and they're um you know, they they're definitely not playing it safe. They took a chance, traded for Porzingis, and uh, I hope it works out for them.
1: Yeah. So speaking of playing it safe, let's talk about a team whose offseason pivoted and I think they then played it very safe. After things didn't go, go their way, if safe, if yet uh, odd decision-making, maybe. I'm curious to see what you think. See, now, now the Suns fans are in your head league. a little bit. You're,
0: you're, you're, you're trying to that's be it, nice right? to yeah. them at this point. <laughs> I know, yeah. And,
1: and, and to, to another vocal group, more vocal than the Suns uh, yes, could, sure. could ever hope to be. But the New York Knicks, that's the team we're going to close out. So Chris Hapsporzing is former team, and so let's, yeah. let's get into it on the Knicks. The guys, they lost. So this is a pretty lengthy list, so I'll just run through it, but I don't think any of these lost players, outside of one is a major impact loss for the Knicks. Henry Ellenson, Billy Garrett, Mario Hozonia, John Jenkins, DeAndre Jordan, Luke Cornett, Emmanuel Moody, Lance Thomas, Noah Vonley, then Isaiah Hicks, one of their two two-way players. Mm-hmm. Those are all the guys that are out the door. Other than Noah Vonley, who I think was terrific for them, got his car, got his career on track in a big, big way. I think maybe the steal of the summer for the Minnesota Timberwolves, who got him for just $2 million. That's That's just ridiculous that said no team paid him including the lakers and the celtics both missed yep. big time should have gone had, for him yeah absolutely you, you you know could add a really good good player uh for very little money but anyway it's those are the guys that are out guys coming in let's hit to hit the draft first rj barrett and I, I, uh ignos brezdikas hey pretty uh, good there brezdikas. keith yeah hey that's I, not an I, easy one to say you know, it's funny. I can do those ones a little bit better. It's my family's Lithuanian, so oh, right, the, right. all those kind of names uh, start to sound a little more clean to me than some of these other ones. It's it's just real regular names that I butcher, uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then a host of veteran signings. So I'm just going to whip right through them: Reggie Bullock, Wayne Ellington, Taj Gibson, mm. Marcus Morris, Alfred Payton, Bobby Portis. Julius Randle, and then a couple of camp guys, uh, Lamar Peters, Kenny Wooten coming in for camp deals uh, for the New York Knicks. And then leftover guys, just because it was so much change, let's talk about who's still left there. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's still there, and Dennis Smith Jr. still there, who they got for Porzingis. Kevin Knox, last year's first-rounder. Alonzo Trier, one of the fines of last season. Uh, Damian Dotson, Frank Nilakina. And then their second two-way player, Kadeem Allen, he was on a two-year, two-way contract. So a lot of turnover for this Knicks team. I'll just give you my quick hit, and then I'm going to throw it to you, Trevor, is the Knicks struck out and struck out early. No big names. And I think they did the right thing. They they didn't fool around waiting and playing the Kawhi Leonard waiting game because they were never in it, you know. And that's not a I'm not trying to make a dig at the Lakers there. Trust <laughs> me, I promise. Because the Lakers did the right thing. Because if right. you could get Kawhi, yeah, no, we you we've
0: talked about it. that. I yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I know what you mean with that. Yeah.
1: So so I think the Knicks did the right thing and then they pivoted. But what they did was they they instead of in typical Knicks fashion. They didn't sign any of these guys to like four year deals and say, hey, Wayne Ellington, four years, $10 million a year. He's going to be a huge part of things yeah. like they did with Courtney Lee and all those things. That said, yeah, that's kind of, I'm just meh about the whole thing. It doesn't, doesn't do that. And we can get into why, you know, after you kind of give your thoughts on where this roster sits now.
0: I mean, can we even really get into why? Like, I don't know that there's a clear, a clear why for this. There, I don't know that there's much uh, method to the madness at at this point. Like, I like the guys they went after. I like Bobby Portis. I like Reggie Bullock. I like Taj Gibson, right? I think these are all contributors. Julius, I may, I am well known as being a resident of Randall Island. I'm a big believer in Julius Randall. But all of these guys that they went for would have been wonderful pieces if they had a star. If you yep. have a star in place, these are all great guys to put around them, but they don't. So yep. to me, I look at what the, what the Knicks did and I compare it to what a team like, say, maybe, uh, I mean, even the Clippers, right? Absorbing a salary okay, and then getting a pick for it, right? And yep. they they didn't do that, yep. right? And the Knicks just decided to take their cap space and spend it on all of these other guys that they, that they decided to spend on. I mean, it, it just – it's – a little bit baffling, and I get. Here's my thing, here, Keith. You look at, say, the Memphis Grizzlies. They absorb Andre Iguodala. They got a first for him, and they're asking for a first to get rid of him, right? That's that's smart for a rebuilding team. The Knicks, when they yeah, didn't land, great. when they didn't land KD, when they didn't land Kyrie, they become a rebuilding team. They are rebuilding. They they don't have very many pieces that they're going to keep long term. Maybe Randall. Maybe there's a few others in there, um, Trier and some players like that. But this is a rebuilding squad. You need to do everything you can to get a hold as, of as many assets as possible. Now, a lot of these guys have non-guaranteed contracts. So that yep. means that they've, they can the free second. up money in a pinch, which is important. Yep. Like just in case there's somebody on the market next summer, say things go poorly with Anthony Davis and he suddenly has eyes on the Knicks. Let's not forget that he, the Knicks were on his list. But to me, it's, if you're going to go at this with the argument of Knicks fans won't sit through a rebuild and that's why. That's why we've got to put pieces together to win right now. To me, that's insulting to Knicks fans and their intelligence. I think if you're going to ask... If you're going to tell me that Philadelphia fans can get behind Trust the Process and not completely walk away on their team and continue to support it and continue to be diehards, there's no reason why Knicks fans won't do the same thing. Knicks fans understand. Knicks fans understand the game. They know what you're doing. You don't have to go and blow all of your money on guys that make maybe help you win five more games, six more games, something like that over the course of a season rather than make smart moves and pick up future assets. I don't get why the Knicks did what they did, even though I like the players that they got.
1: Yeah, so the only thing I'll tell you what somebody from the organization told me, which okay. which I can buy into, this was at summer league. This was right when you know I like to call the summer the season of hope because everybody loves everything they did. They yep. they think they made all the right moves. But what they said was, we want to be competitive to start the year and I think they are far more competitive for this group of veterans than they have been in previous seasons instead of completely bottoming out and let's take the Memphis approach right Memphis ate all these contracts for these guys who aren't going to be a part of things there and I think they're going to really bottom that thing out and that's fine that's where they need to be I think for the Knicks they want to put RJ Barrett, Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr. they want to put them in competitive game situations where they're not just playing minutes they're playing some meaningful minutes at least early in the year the other thing is I'm going to give them credit because all of those partial and non-guaranteed second seasons or in the case of Randall third seasons that makes these guys all very easily tradable they can move on from these guys with very little problem I think guys like Wayne Ellington Marcus Morris Bobby Portis Alfred Payton because teams are always looking for point guard help late those guys will all value come the trade deadline because you can move on from them all really easily. You can just, you know, slide them over in individual trades, and that's where you can maybe start to, you know, eat a bad contract, pick mm-hmm. up some 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 draft picks or young players that you might like with those kind of things. So I think they're the Knicks, it feels like to me, they're gonna have two seasons. They're gonna have a season that runs until about January, mid-January, where they are maybe even late January, where they're not good, but they're at least competitive. Then they look up and say, Yeah, this season's done. We're out. We're not going anywhere. And then they start selling all these guys off at the trade deadline. And then the second second half of the season or so, last quarter of the season, however you want to look at that, that becomes the RJ Barrett forty minutes a night. Kevin Knox forty minutes a night. And they'll lose and right. probably lose badly, but that becomes the development time. It it's just it, what 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 bugs me most is i just think they went a little too far if you have wayne ellington what do you need reggie bullock for they're 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 not the same guy but they do a lot of the same stuff what do you need them both for right if you have Mitchell Robinson, who by all accounts they love as and they they're, should their starting five, and they absolutely should. And then you pick up Julius Randle. What do you need Portis and Gibson for? If you've got Kevin Knox, what do you need Marcus Morris for? You've got all these pieces. And and what I don't like is you you put all these roadblocks. Um, competitive is one thing, and make the young guys earn their roles. But like, what why? Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nilakina. You should, that should be your, your point guard tandem figured out behind those two guys, Alfred Payton. Sure. He might help you win a couple more games, but it's going to be at the expense of minutes for Smith and Nilakina. And it's just not now, instead of having a clear 10 man, you know, rotation where it's everything. Yeah. Now you've got 12, 13 guys who all need minutes and that's impossible. I, you know, and I like David Fisdale. You can't, you, you can't do it. It's not going to happen. And yes, I get it. Somebody's going to say, Reggie Bullock might not even play for half the year. That's an even better reason not to sign Reggie Bullock. <laughs> you know, like you should have just let him, him go, let him go get healthy somewhere and then catch on with a team later in the year that needs shooting. So yeah, they just went too far. That's that's my single biggest issue with this roster Ooh. right now. Let
0: me make a prediction here, Keith, because I saw, I've saw i seen this with the Lakers for years now, where they go where they sign these guys on one-year deals. And, they, and so they've got all these expiring contracts. And it's okay, we're going to hit free agency that next year we're clearing cap space all that here's the problem you wind into wind uh, wind up with when it hits say january february when things start getting tough right right now everybody's optimistic about everything everybody loves their team and and everybody's great and they've all put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle they're in the best (laughs) shape of their lives blah 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 right that's what's happening right now january february it starts to really become a grind Right. Attitudes tend to pop up a little bit more. And all of these guys that are on non-guaranteed deals for the following season that they don't know where they're going to be playing next year. When games start getting tough, they're going to be thinking about getting theirs because they've got to worry about their next contract. And that creates problems when you've got a guy like, say, a Marcus Morris, who is there to teach Kevin Knox how to play. Well, now he's in more of a position where he has to beat Kevin Knox. He has to be better than Kevin Knox and make sure that he doesn't get his minutes. I don't think that's necessarily a positive environment. I get why you can sell yourself on this, and the Lakers have done it for years, but you create a whole new host of problems, and it's a real difficult situation for a coach to be in when you have veterans that know that they need to get out there and produce, and for the organization, the best thing is to play the young guys. That's a, a really tough dynamic to deal with
1: yeah marcus morris is the one that made maybe the least sense of all to me is as you know well and well known, the most feathers in the process exactly yeah he was set to go to the spurs and then all of a sudden the knicks found themselves with 15 million dollars in cap space to spend and said hey instead of going to the spurs for nine million come here for the 15 and i think i'm never gonna fault a guy like marcus morris who has made relatively little money in terms of the nba He capped out at about five and a half million right so i don't have any problem with him go get paid you know go go take the money but from the Knicks side just eat that 15 million carry it into the season yeah. and see what develops you know you did not need marcus morris again marcus morris is a good i would have loved him on the spurs i think that would have been oh he would have been, been over the moon yeah for As him a lakers the lakers guy i'm
0: glad they didn't get him because he would have been a perfect fit with them and made them even more yeah, tough to
1: deal with exactly made it really hard on the knicks okay, what's he going to do for the next? He's going to still be the same guy he is, but in the next, he's going to win a cup win again. All these guys. But the problem is, you can't look at it and say, well, if all these guys win us a few more games, that, now we're a playoff team. Well, they're not all going to individually win you. Some of the games that Marcus Morris wins you are going to be the same games Taj Gibson and Alfred Payton win you. So you're probably looking at all some total. Maybe you're, if everything breaks right, you're a 30-35 to 35 win team, if in my opinion, with this group, and that would mean all the veterans play well, they all fit together well, and you're in the mix until mid to late March for the playoffs. And that, I think, would be the worst possible thing for the Knicks, because then you're going to hang on to these guys, you're not going to move any of them via trade, mm-hmm. and your young guys aren't going to get those development mental minutes that they need and that's just you know a problem for me i want to see as many minutes with a lineup of mitchell robinson kevin knox rj barrett and i don't care alonzo trier and dennis smith jr if that's the group Fine. Mm-hmm. Give me, you know, 20 minutes a game of that. And I think you made a great point. Knicks fans aren't stupid. They're some of the smartest basketball fans we have in the league. You're not selling them on like, this team's going to be great. They, enough of them are angry. I see it on Twitter. I see it on, you know, Real GM. I see these people who are like, I just, you know, they would they would rather have won 12 games behind the kids and picked up another good high draft pick and all the things that come with that, then whatever this is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and just to throw a wrinkle here into the whole Marcus Morris thing, um, uh, I, I looked it up to make sure I had it right on who, who broke this. Frank Isola uh, of the Athletic and Ian Begley of SNY both reported. That part of the reason why the Knicks went ahead with this whole thing with Marcus Morris was they were still mad at the Spurs for what they believe was tampering with Kristaps Porzingis back when Porzingis was a Nick. So they felt like this was kind of getting back at the Spurs. So, I mean, can we have a little bit more drama, please? Right. In, yeah, in the please, NBA. So yeah. you, now you've got organizations yeah. who feel like this vendetta against other organizations and the fact that it's the Knicks and the Spurs is is just hilarious.
1: Yeah, it's it's and it's also dumb. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to hurt our our future to just get back at somebody. Like, you know, and, and quite honestly, I'm sure the Spurs are like, okay, we'll just move on. Yeah. Carey Carroll probably come back and have a career year because it's the Spurs right. and it's what happens, you know, in San Antonio, so they're, they're fine. Uh to to get into it though, I yeah. do let, let's talk about the draft for for a minute, RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. I know so now there's some it sounds weird to say it this way, but there's some revisionist history happening where people are like, "I didn't really like Barrett, and I didn't think he looked good at summer league. I thought he looked okay yeah. at summer league. I didn't have any problem. I think I saw every game he played, uh, most of them in person, and I think he looked good. I think he was a better passer than than he yes. looked like. I think I think NBA he didn't, he didn't shoot and that schools, well. Yeah, and that's in and, and I don't unless the shot looks completely broken. And just looks like an absolute mess. Or the guys taking just really ridiculous takes. I don't worry if shots aren't going in yet. You know, give me give, give me a year or two with these guys. They'll, they'll they'll either figure that out or they won't, and go from there. But yeah, I thought he looked good. I, I think I'm perfectly fine with him being being the pick to to the Knicks. I think he was clearly the third best player in this draft after Zion and after John Morant. And I think they're we're at the point now where it's. We spend so much time picking these guys apart that we don't spend enough time on what they can do, and I think Barrett can do a lot of good things. Now, is he going to be that all-star player that the Knicks need? I don't know. Well, let's let's find out. I do think he is the one player. I think I think more than Knox, because there's less at his positions, I think he's the guy who's going to get minutes no matter what. Yep. I think you're going to see him play 25 to 30 minutes a night, where Knox is the guy I'm a little worried about fallen behind guys like Morris there's really not any minutes at the four for him to play he can't slide down to the two so that's that's a guy I'm a little worried about getting getting minutes and touches and, and I think Knox is one of those guys who might come in when it's if you're bringing him in off the bench he might have that uh to it's just that I, I gotta get some shots up and yeah he's gonna rifle in shots and we've seen that in summer league he's very happy to take a bad shot
0: right yeah, that's, sure. that's been a, an issue. And that's something that we talked about when we went over the Celtics and we were talking about Jason Tatum playing alongside Kyrie Irving, taking up, taking bad shots because he knew if he passes the ball, he's never going to get it back.
1: Yep. So yep.
0: that's certainly a factor here with, uh, with Kevin Knox and something that, uh, that the Knicks have to be real careful with because Knox is, you know, as much as, as we were disappointed with his, his rookie season, he's still one of their, one of their key pieces that they need to build around. And they, they need to put as much effort as they can into getting him to hit that next level and so i think they they need to be real careful in making sure that he gets minutes and he gets a chance to fight through his struggles
1: yeah completely agree with that i think there is no no doubt about that and then all right so let's get into extent so i think we're kind of t- touching around it. starting five for them yes. i think that they are going to go with mitchell robinson i think he is going to start at the center spot then i think it'll be randall morris barrett I think it's going to be Dennis Smith Jr. I think they're going to ask Peyton to come off the bench. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe Peyton is the opening night starter and then they eventually transition to Smith. And then the rest of the rotation, I'll just fill it out because it's all the guys you know. Ellington, Gibson, Portis, Peyton, and Knox. Mm -hmm. I think Trier is probably going to be out on the outside looking in to start the season, at least unless there's an injury. And then the guy who's really, I think, most buried in this rotation that we're just not going to see anything more of, I think he's probably done as a Nick is Frank Nielsen. Lakina, i think yeah. he's somebody who's got he's got to go somewhere else i think you know some teams should take a gamble on him at some point bring him in and see see what you've got in him see if you can turn him in into a player because and then guy a guy like bullock i think eventually he's in the rotation when he's healthy enough to play but it sounds like that'll be sometime into the year uh with that so you know that that's what what i'm looking at for the knicks right now it's you know it's pretty cut and dry who who do you think they, they roll out as a starting five.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with your starting five. I've got Smith, Barrett, uh, uh, then you've got Marcus Morris in there. I almost wonder if maybe part of the discussion, part of the reason why Morris pushed so hard to get to the Knicks is because there was a starting role attached to it in addition to more money. Um, it, Randall and Mitchell Robinson. I love the Randall and Robinson pairing. I think that's going to be uh, a lot of fun to watch. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's how they roll. And, uh, and then we'll see. I think that's going to change as the season goes on. Maybe Kevin Knox slides in a small forward at some point, but, To start the season anyway, I think that's the group that they go with
1: and i think mitchell robinson just to talk about him from a really really exciting guy i know i still don't think he's yeah and i don't think he's missed a shot yet from summer league he just dunked everything and you could tell those guys had a lot of fun just throwing him lobs at the rim but i think what you're gonna have is you're gonna have one night where robinson puts up like 15 and 10 with four blocks and then the next night he's in foul trouble five minutes into the game and he falls out Mm -hmm. after 10 minutes because this guy goes after every every pump fake every block shot he can get and that's that's part of why I'm not overly worried about Portis, who I think is probably best positioned, is as a stretch five. And then you've got Gibson as well. So those guys will get in there and you know, a, as they come. And then Julius Randle, just because it was interesting, I don't remember who it was, uh, a publication put out, he's going to have a breakout season. And I said on Twitter, breakout break from what? This guy was almost a 2010 guy last yeah, year. He's yeah, breaking yeah, he up beyond really that. He's an, he's an MVP candidate. Like, let's not – like, stop. Like, we all know he's not some secret anymore. He we all play. know Julius is good and can play and again another guy who i think people beat up on so much because he can't defend you know he'd have trouble guarding you or me but i think he is can score he can rebound he can pass can run the floor can do all sorts of things that that are good is jump Shot is continually getting better all the time, and I think I, I like you. I like the Robinson pairing for him because I think Robinson can help make up for the things Randall can't do. Yep. Now you you might see Randall get blown by in a pick and roll coverage. Robinson come over, follow the guy, and then you know you're you're there. But then Gibson comes in and can help do some of those other things. So yeah, all, all around, you know I think they you know the Knicks they'll they'll be better. So let's get into that. Yeah. Seventeen wins last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously they were. They were, uh what were they saying? Well, we're not trying for Zion or whatever <laughs> yeah, right. it was. Like they were not trying the, at the end of the year. So it's a little misleading, but their over under is a little high for me 27.5. Hmm. Again, I think if everything breaks right for these guys, 30 to 35 wins. It is the Eastern Conference, so I'm going to price a little bit in there. yeah But I don't, I think the East is not, it's not good after the top three or four teams, but it's not horrible. Then your next five or six teams I think are all – pretty good like they're I think there's a pretty clear delineation I think the Knicks are pretty far outside of that so if anything because I think they're going to do a major sell-off in season and they'll move a bunch of guys I'm going to go under because of that reason because I think that they'll do that if they stick with this roster and go I would go slightly over but I do think they're going to just start dumping guys you know as soon as we start approaching the end of January
0: yeah so based on talent alone I would I would put these guys right around the thirty win spot, maybe thirty two wins. But like I said, I think there's going to be some chemistry issues coming with this mix of veterans who are on these non guaranteed deals. I think that can create some big big problems with them. So, uh, so I'm actually going to take the under as well.
1: All right, so there we are, and that that's it, man. We're we're there. You want to spin the wheel? Uh, yeah. Well, we didn't do thumbs up, thumbs down, and then let's. Oh, we didn't. Um, I'm gonna give him a thumbs down just because I didn't like. it. It was probably obvious,
0: but. Thumbs
1: yeah. down. now that's it. I really like R.J. Barrett for yeah. them. I'm high on him. I like Robinson, but he wasn't an addition. I just didn't like the execution of the way yeah. way they did things. But it's not – I'm not going to go like double thumbs down like it did with Phoenix, I no. think. I'm just going to give them one thumbs down because I think they can get out of this pretty quickly. They can. Yeah, but they're going to have a bunch of cap space next year in a year where nobody wants a bunch of cap space. Right. but. Like you said maybe things go south with Anthony Davis, somebody else will shake loose and something'll happen. You know, maybe maybe Houston decides they've got to blow it up and things right. are working there. I Never don't know. know. Maybe, maybe the Knicks finally re maybe the Knicks are the ones who reunite Russell Westbrook and and uh, Kevin Love together in New York or something like that. <laughs> 70 million in cap space. All right, let's do it. Let's spin the wheel. Let's do it. Let's see who's next. Next up, the Chicago Bulls. Ooh. In Utah Jazz, so, all right, all right, and we might throw a third team in there if we we gotta yeah. gotta push. If we do, we'll do like we did with the Cavs. We'll try to pick somebody who didn't do
0: a, a whole lot. heck of a yeah. lot.
1: But yeah, the Bulls and the Jazz, I, I like that.
0: that. I like that.
1: Yeah. I, I'm yeah, interesting. I'm not gonna spoil so.
0: it, but uh, but I'm excited to talk about both those teams.
1: Yeah, yeah, same. same. I you know I think think that's uh yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll save it for the show uh, next time. So you know, as uh, Trevor said at the top of the show, if you're enjoying the show, uh, you know, please let us know. And the best way you can let us know is a rating and review over on uh, iTunes on the Apple uh, podcast app as well. You can do it right through through the app and and rate us there. Please leave a rating and review. The review part is really important um, as well. If there's things you don't like about the show, you guys know where to find us on Twitter. Uh, Trevor, let everybody know where you are at.
0: Yeah, you can find me at Trevor underscore Link. If you do like the show and if you don't like the show, you can go ahead and message Keith. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, NBA. You can also hit us up on the show's Twitter page. at Front Office Show uh, is is the Twitter show or Twitter show page uh, there, so you can you can find us uh, on there. But yeah, if there's things you don't like, the other things you want to hear, I did hear from several people who said, "Hey, last year you guys talked a lot about the two way players. You were the only show who was who was doing that." So Trevor and I talked. I talked with with old friend Pete Toll, who is the guy who is all over those two way guys. So Pete is going to come on sometime in a future show we're probably going to do a one-off show uh, where all we do is talk two-way guys maybe some of the more interesting camp guys that could fight their way onto a roster as well that's kind of pete's expertise so so look forward to that if you're somebody who's really looking for information on those two-way guys and and that because that's what we want to bring you want to dive deep into to what's going on with, with all these things so but yeah we're we're now through what one two three four five six seven eight nine we're almost a third of the way through all right through these uh season previews so we're, we're cranking on we're going to get there before the season starts up i won't say before preseason. yeah Uh, let's you know hold there and then then again we're we're working on maybe a couple of the more interesting teams getting some team experts to to come and maybe we'll we'll get somebody even come on and talk Lakers and Celtics other than the two of us as well so we can get a get an outside perspective on that but you know super excited it's uh you know with this next time Trevor we record might have a little feeble World Cup action to talk about too Uh, hey you
0: never know that would be nice to have some actual basketball being played
1: yeah and hopefully it's not another loss for Team USA the one time we can all come together and we're well not all because I'm sure we have some international listeners but but at least you and I we can root for the same team for a change yeah that'd be that'd be kind of nice nice. so 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 we'll get in on that. But, yeah, please, again, check out our sponsor, betonline.ag, CLNS50 for the uh, 50% sign-on bonus over there. The, the, those guys will get you taken care of. Thanks to CLNS Media and Lakers Nation. Anything else to close with, Trevor? No,
0: nope, I think that's, that about wraps it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, can't wait till our next show.
1: All right. We'll talk to you next time.